Welcome to episode 113 of We Going In Presents. Today I'm joined by Kid Called Quest, a producer based out of Rochester, New York, who dropped compilation Kid Called Quest on the beat last year. He's worked with rapper Pooh from Little Brother, Trife the God, Sky Zoo, Big Suge, and many more. He even started 2024 off right when he dropped the album Once Again It's On with Azariah. So Kid Called Quest, man, thank you so much for making time to be on We Going In Presents today. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate the opportunity. No doubt, man. You know, it's a Friday, you know, just started off the new year, man. How's 2024 looking for you so far? Oh, man, it's already starting out real good. Um, This is my first interview today. I got two more today after this. Um, We just dropped the uh, Once the Young Black Can Get It, Once Again, It's On um, album. That just dropped on the 5th. Get a lot of good reviews. Um, Me and Pretty Bully from Buffalo, we actually got a project that we just wrapped up that's going to be coming pretty soon. Um, You can be on the lookout for her Bars for Breakfast series that she's about to be doing. Uh, well, she already been doing it, but she's um she got a whole nother one that she's about to be doing, um that we that we put together, so definitely be on the lookout for her. And she's making a lot of noise right now. And um, uh, shout out to Curtis Coke, aka Li. Um, shout out to DJ Sight, DJ Chris G. Um, shout out to all the artists from Rochester and Buffalo that's grinding doing their thing. So that's yeah, awesome. Definitely Man. look like it's gonna be a good year. That's a great start, man. You know, and and working uh, to get pretty bully on the podcast too. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that conversation. Hopefully that works out. So it, it's a great start to the year, man. What's been the response so far to what's to what's come out right at this point? Uh, it's been nothing but good responses. Um, a lot of positive feedback. Uh, a lot of people, uh, especially the young black and gifted uh, project, because we did our last project, which was called on um, the second coming. Me and my man Azariah, we dropped that back in May of 2020. And um that project just got so much love, so many reviews. Uh, I was getting a lot of people from overseas was reaching out to us. I mean, I still we still got people reaching out to us to this day about that project. But uh, a lot of people like really fell in love with with the with the name of the group and everything and the music. And um that was that 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 um second coming was our second album since our 2013 release of our very first project together called Long Time Coming. So, you know, in between the time of Second Coming to Now, we had a little gap where we ain't putting no music out and a lot of people was questioning, like, yo, we're not going to give us some new music. We need some new music, man. We missed the uh, the YBG um, movement that you guys had going. So we was just trying to figure out things and because we, we branched off, started doing our own little separate things and then uh, we came back together and we put this on, once again, this on together and gave it to the people and a lot of people is happy about that it's getting get a lot of good reviews right now no I, I love the project it's super cohesive i mean amazing lyrics you know super strong production obviously or, or you know like th- looking at 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 once again it's on you know how did you guys really work on that and what what was that creative process like especially looking at how there was you know some of a gap between the music you guys have been making uh, the creative process, once again, it's on. Um, we actually recorded about 80% of that project. 80% of this project, we actually recorded back in late. Well, I say late. No, 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 no. We recorded again around the fall of 2022. Because we, we was planning on dropping some music. But at the time, like, God, like I was so like exhausted from the previous projects and some of the other artists that I was working with that I have a clear vision and idea of what direction we could take this project. So we had knocked the songs out and we sat on them for about a good year, year and a half. And then 
I say back in late September, I went back and listened to some of the songs and I told him like, yo, we definitely can start putting something together. Cause I didn't realize we recorded as many tracks as we did. And um had our man um Laddie do a couple touch-ups on the uh, mixing and everything. And I uh, had got my man to knock some covers out and came with some ideas and then say, you know what? Yeah, we just we'll put this out right now. And pretty much there's like really no um with this project, once again it was on, once again it's on, there was really no plan like a, a real crazy solid plan like it was with the second coming like we planned that from beginning to end this one was just something that's, let's get it out there like we have a little plan but not a big plan but let's just get it out there to keep our name circling so people don't forget about it because you know nowadays the attention span is short so you definitely got to keep something circulating so this would be the project that's going to be holding it up until we get ready to start our next one no doubt. You know, when you look to at always having to have something out, I mean, how much pressure do you always feel that like, hey, this is a great project. I just put my heart and soul in this. But like, if I don't have something else coming out in three or four weeks, you know, I'm going to I'm, I'm out of the algorithm in a sense, like or, you know, people aren't checking, you know, it's not going to, you know, keep getting streamed. You know, how, how do you look at letting something marinate versus like it's time to drop something else like okay this project was great but we're moving on you know because that, that's a hard balance to strike yeah um really what we've been doing like far as the young black can get the thing far well actually with all the music that i've been on uh, working on uh, the artists i've been working like we believe in quality over quantity so we really won't Unless, I mean, unless it's, the only time you really see is putting music out back to back to back, um, is unless we actually got a project that that music coming out back to back is about to lead up to. Um, you know, you got some people like there's been a lot of artists, there's a lot of artists who will put out an album, like say they'll drop an album today, and then by the end of February, announce another album. We like to give people a chance to digest the music. So the music could grow on them and everything. Cause you know, we don't want people to be forgetting about, all right, we put this project out, they ain't get enough time to digest it. They just had enough time to hear it. And then on to the next project. And then the next project after that and the project after that. And then before you know it, you bring up a project and people be like, huh, well you drop that. And they completely forget about it. So we tend to figure out our ways to um, let it marinate with people. Like with Pretty Bully, for instance, um, when we was doing the singles that for her project, then um, then and now that's going to be coming soon. A lot of them singles were dropped last year, but them singles were spaced out like for months. So people was getting hip to and getting to know the music and the singles that she was putting out. So like the one joint Simplicity, that was the first joint me and her ever dropped together. That made it to a lot of podcast shows and a lot of radio shows and everything. And then, you know, we didn't put another single out probably for about a good three, four months after that. But it marinated and it grew on a lot of people so much that when they seen the new stuff coming in from her, they hurry up and gravitate towards it and opened up them emails real quick and sent back a lot of feedback and letting us know that they was going to post it. So we believe in letting people um, adapt to it and let the music grow on them and let them fully digest that so they know it. And I think that's a big problem with the game right now because a lot of people like, People don't get excited about the albums like they used to back in the day. Like, you know, you had like the Mob Deeps and all, like they drop an album once every two to three years. But at the same time, when that new album come out, you're always going to remember, like you remember Hell on Earth 
when Murder Music came out on because we had so much time to adapt to that. So that's what we're trying to do. No, that that I I love that too because it's it's like I see so much so so many albums come and go, and so really being able to get into it, you know, is something I appreciate. How how did you and Azariah link up in the first place to really start Young Black and Gifted, and and how did you come up with that as as your group name? Oh man, Azariah, we first linked up back in two thousand six. We were connected through our boy Euphony. Um, me and him was building. Euphony was um, he was putting us on to the um, he's putting us on to uh, a lot of some of the people he was working with. Azariah was one of them, and um, the way that happened was. It's crazy how that whole thing happened because um and oh back in the day my um uh, partner I was working with back in the day and oh it was a it was a hip hop show in Rochester, the spot called Milestone. And um that's where I met a lot of uh that's where I first met a lot of uh, the artists back in that time. Oh uh, that's late two that's December two thousand five. They were all out there performing and uh Euphony performed and Azariah came up after him. So I introduced myself to Euphony. We built for about a week or two. I sent up some beats. We end up linking up. And that same day that we linked up, we end up linking up with Azariah. And, you know, we was building me and Azariah was building. And, you know, we kept the relationship going. And I was sending him mad beats and stuff. And then, you know, going in, I ended up doing um his project, half of his project for him, the subject to change. And then going into another project that he had did called um I uh, was the name of that project. Um, damn, I can't think of the name of it. It was a cover that it was a project. He had a cover. It was a green cover. He had a, um the shirt on, uh, the green shirt and the green coat. But um, from that we had me and him had knocked out so many songs. It was like a couple years after that, I was like, "Yo, man, we got because the stuff we was just doing and wasn't putting stuff out." So I brought the idea to him, like, "Yo, man, we should start a group. We got so much music together like that we're not even putting out. We might as well put it out as a group." So the first name we was going by was called Living Proof. And um, we ended up dropping that name because there was a group that Ninth Wonder was working with during that time called Actual Proof. So we didn't want to get the names mixed up and everything. So for a second, it took me a second to think of another name. So I said, yo, why don't, uh, why don't we just go by the name Young Black and Gifted? And he said he liked it that, and we was rocking with it ever since. And that led to our first project called Long Time Coming. Man, that's amazing. You know, and when you go back to 2006, you know, we're looking at the hip hop game days and we go back, we go back that far back when you were Jay Quest, man, you know, what, what's changed about the production game when we're looking at like the early to mid 2000s to 2024? Um, the production game, a lot has changed. Um, a lot of, um, how would I say it? Back then, production-wise, a lot of artists, going back to 2006, I remember, no, even before 2000, when I first discovered HipHopGame.com, that was 2003. Mm, that's actually going when back, I started, too. That 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 was when I started there. And I remember when I first um, discovered Hip Hop Game, because I was at school, I was bored, we just, 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 just type in hip-hop stuff, and the hip-hop game popped up. That's what you guys had the um the cartoon um like the cartoon drawing uh, animated rappers on the front. Yes, the, yes. For the intro. And I remember I seen it because I was like in ninth grade at the time. And I was like, oh, this looks dope. Let me click on it. And on there, that's when I first heard um the joint that 
you guys, you had the, you said the list with all the music underneath it. Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh. So I checked it. I clicked on it. The first joint I heard was the joint that Tyler Kwali had did that y'all posted. Um, that Kanye did for him when he flipped the L Green sample. Mm. And then um, that was around the same time Nelly and um, Karis One was going at it. Yeah. I know y'all posted that. So, yeah, it was just so much stuff. But going from the production then up until now, a lot of the producers had their own sound and their own style. So like you could like you know you could tell a producer from their sound. Like, all right, you of course Primo, everybody knew Primo. Everybody knew a Pete Rock sound. Everybody knew a um everybody knew um everybody knew like the Just Blaze sound, the Kanye sound, the Heatmaker sound, and um, you know. But now that you look now, but now looking at production today, it's kind of hard to tell who's doing what now because now a lot of producers are just mimicking each other. And far as that, you know, we got the, the sample pack games and all that. It's, it's just it's a lot that changed. I could go on for days. <laughs> I mean, what I see too with with the sample packs and and you know the way that you can you can basically buy songs to sample and they're already like chopped and, and separate. Like every element is like separated, like vocals, like every, everything is like a separate track that like it makes, I can see how it opens the door for more creativity, but it, I can also see how it can be kind of a, you know, the downside of it too, where you can really not, not have a lot of production skills, um, or expertise or like uniqueness about you and just kind of make a beat and throw it out there. Like, it seems like it's much easier to put a beat together now than it's ever been in the past. Yeah, that's who, um, you got people rocking off of MIDI packs with pre that's pre-produced. Um, you got people that's doing drum patterns that people are actually taking that's pre-made and uh, it's like a gift and a curse. But it seems like it caters more to the laziness, because like some people, you know, people take the same, the same exact drum patterns. It's just not the same like how it was with breaks. Like when you got a break drum, you actually had to have your ear for the break drums to figure out all right, what sample would this break this drum break sound dope over? Now, you know, the people they put out the drum patterns and. They'll give you the um, they actually give you the tempo and everything. So it's like it's yeah, it's like right now it's like it's like a whole bunch of when it comes to certain um uh, doing it certain styles and stuff. It's just like it's like a lot of stuff just pre. I call it the micro the microwave production. Mm -hmm. All you gotta do is up. <laughs> yeah. No, it it feels very much like like when Kanye was making four beats a day, you know, back in the the pre Rockefeller days. Like that feels very different than so. If someone is saying I can make four beats today, like that could legit be done in in thirty minutes. Yeah, like four. Yeah, definitely. Like four beats a day. Four beats can actually really be done if they're doing it the way how a lot of um how a lot of the new up and comers are doing it. If they actually like. Going into these files, getting these pre, these pre, uh, MIDI, um, pre-made MIDI, um, loops and everything. Yeah, they definitely they probably could do like a whole album in one day, one day in less than twenty four hours, or just just copy pasting. No, that's wild. So when you look at your your production techniques, I mean, 
how much how, how long does it take you to really get beats to where you want them to be because on one hand you want to move fast but you don't want to move so fast that you're sacrificing quality yeah a, a lot of stuff that i do like i sometimes i'll start out just doing the i get the skeleton of the beat laid down sometimes i might be able to knock a beat out it depends what it all depends on what kind of zone i'm in during the moment so sometimes i might be able to sit there and just knock a beat out then other times, um, then it'd be other times I I I get stumped, be like, all right, I got I got the sample chopped up and laid down the way I want it. Now I want to find the correct drums, and I want to get the right bass. But I want to figure out what direction I'm gonna take take. So sometimes I might create a beat and I might have like twelve different patterns, and then just get lost and be like, dang, I gotta come back to this and figure out how I want to re how I want to arrange this now. I already got all my patterns. Now it's about making sure everything is arranged the correct way. Mm. And, and do you do you have artists in mind when you're making the beat, or sometimes do you do you make a beat and then it's like, hey, this is going to go well here, or this is going to go well there? Like, do you do you always know where it's going? Sometimes, um, sometimes when I'm doing the beats, like, all right, if I'm working on a project, actual project. I'll specifically make beats strictly for the artists that I'm working with for that project. Um, if I happen to just got like some free time, I'm just making beats and stuff. I'll make I'll make some stuff, but I try at the same time to keep all the artists in mind. Like, okay, this is something I could probably hear everybody rock over, but who will sound the best over it? So. Yeah, it, it all depends on the kind of mood. The, it all depends on the kind of zone I'm in and everything. But for the most part, when it comes to projects, I tend to try to stick with specifically cooking up a fresh batch of beats, specifically for them for the artists that I'm working with. No, that that, that makes sense, man. You know, I also appreciate that you that you put out compilations because I know how challenging it can be to put out compilations, but when you nail it, it's, it's amazing when you can hear all the different, you know, MC styles over one producer's beats. Like I'm a huge fan of compilations, but I also understand why a lot of producers have steered away from it just with the amount of work it takes and to, to get everybody on board. Um, how do you approach making a compilation and, and why do you enjoy it? Uh, the way I approach the compilation like, I learned a lot over the years. So, like, my first compilation, the first Put Your Headphones On Out um, compilation, that, um, that actually, um, it was just a fun process at the time when I was doing that compilation because it was something new for me. Like, I never did an actual compilation before, and I never worked with multiple artists before like that. So being able to reach out to the artists and being able to produce for some, especially some of the artists you are already rocking with that you, and that you grew up listening to, it made it fun because now I'm going back and I'm actually cooking up a beat for a Big Shug or a beat for um a beat for a Craig G or a beat for um a beat for like um Rex or uh, terminology or you know Rusty Jokes or Sean Price. So that really made that really made it a lot a lot of fun. Um, you know, then as I you know as I continue to do them, 
I kind of noticed, all right, the first time is the fun, always the funnest, always the funnest. But then when you get to the second, third compilation, you start like, you know, it kind of get a little overwhelming because now you realize like, all right, you got to, you got ideas and you want to try to execute it as close as possible. And you want to get, um, you want to get certain people on there. So it, I don't know, it becomes, it becomes, sometimes it becomes a headache doing compilations. But at the end of the day, it's all about making sure at the end of the day that you got a strong product and that you got enough confidence that a lot of people is going to like it just the same way you like it. And you know you're going to get a lot of good feedback. And what was that first time when you really, when you got a track back or when you were recording in the studio with someone that you grew up like idolizing and like you actually hear them over your beats? Like what was the first time that happened and, and what was that? feeling like actually the first time i actually had got somebody on that i was listening to back in high school i actually wasn't in the studio with him but i was it was my man mag is um artist named mag mags he's from uh, i think he's from brooklyn but uh i had um this is around the time i put out the j quest verse knife wonder take that was my first uh instrumental project um I sent him the I sent him the instrumental project and about I say about like a month later he had emailed me back and he's like yo this is a song I did with the homie Sky Zoo over one of your joints I was like oh shoot that's crazy so I remember playing the song he had Sky Zoo on the hook and it was like yo that's crazy Sky Zoo actually actually rocking over one of my joints and yeah, nah, that, that right there, that was a good, that's a great feeling because that actually kind of motivated, motivated and inspired and influenced me to, more to go harder and continue to keep going. No, that, that, that's incredible. Um, what, you know, what, what, what's your process like too, when you're starting a compilation and you're like, okay, this is my wish list. Um, but we know like not everything is always going to get done on time or not everyone's always going to say yes. Um, you know, so like, what's that that process like when you're really like mapping it out from the beginning to the final to the final product? Oh, uh, you said mapping. Repeat that one more time. So, like, what's your process like when you're really like starting a compilation? You know, you got your wish list of MCs you want to get. You know who you want to kind of pair together, but also being realistic, it, not every. You know, you don't always get everybody you want, whether it's timing, money, um, whatever it is. Um, so, like, what what's that process like for you as you, like, kind of take a compilation from, like, an idea to the finished product? So, what I have actually started doing over the last, for the la actually, even when it comes to doing projects and compilations, what I started doing now that I started learning was, start focusing on the up and coming artists because it makes it a lot more easier to put a compilation together because you know the up and coming artists they already hungry so when you reach out to them they already ready to work and then you know like i said once i got to get the artist the idea of the artist that i want to get i still like for every artist on the compilation i cook up a, i do like five fresh beats specifically for each artist that's going to be on that on compilation and I send it to them and let them pick which beat they want to rock to. And that'd be the, the beat that we'll go with. And I just, I let the artists do them. So like, it's really a spontaneous moment. 
So it could be really it be any it could be anything. But as of now, right as like right now, right now, I'm really just focusing on the up and coming artists now instead of trying to chase the big established artists. Because now you know, trying to chase the established dudes sometimes it might take up it might be certain times that they only could do certain stuff, and especially if you're trying to reach out to them during the time they trying to put together one of their own projects, it might be like six months to a year that they'll actually be like, oh, um, they get something back to you or whatnot. So I, I tend to focus on the up-and-coming artists because I know that they're going to work and they're going to knock it out and you got to get everything back in a timely manner and be able to continue to push your plans how you want them to go. Yeah, no no doubt. And, and I feel like sometimes you get the best verses because they're so hungry that that could be the verse that gets them, you know, 20 new fans. And I don't think, you know, vets are always thinking in that mindset, not to say all of them are, but I think sometimes you get, you get the best from hungry up and coming MCs. Yeah. You definitely get the best out of it because they, they ready, they ready to put the work in. And I loved like Return of the Rochester Royals, you know, Ice Grill, Curtis Coke, Ito, DJ Sight, you know, what was it like putting that song together and really making sure that you're shining that light on upstate New York like that? That was an idea that I had for a long time. I always wanted to reflip that sample. Um, because you know, a lot of people don't know that Rochester, the Rochester Royals was the original Sacramento Kings back in the day before they left the Rochester region. So, you know, kind of it kind of the idea kind of the idea fitted so perfect because you know they did the Crooklyn Dodgers. We had the Royals. So it's it's like, all right. It's like, yo, how can we do a royal anthem? So that I thought about it, like, you know what? I always wanted to reflip the return to Crooklyn Dodgers sample. So I was like, you know what? All right, I'll flip that one, flip that sample, and definitely get some dope artists on there, which was Ice Grill, Curtis Coke, and um Ito. And um, you know, like I said, once you made that beat, I said that beat the Ice Grill. Ice Grill laid his verse down. Then got it over to Curtis Coke. Curtis Coke heard it, wrote his verse, laid it down, and then got it. Then Ice Girl, he had got it over to Ito, and Ito laid his verse down. Before you know, we had a dope song. Man, it's it's amazing too how that works. You know, what is it like? You know, on the Rochester scene because I mean, there's so many up and coming MCs up there that are really doing their thing. You know, you look at um, Curtis Coke, you look at Ito, you look at Jay Black. There's a lot of guys up there that are really making some amazing music right now. Sure. So um, the crazy thing, the crazy thing, like art, like we always had hungry artists up here. Cause a lot of people, a lot of people, like even back in the days when I was, um, when I was going on uh, you no know, different cities and stuff, people, a lot of, cause a lot of people didn't realize that we actually had artists in this area. Cause a lot of people, always thought like, all right, they ain't, a lot of people didn't know Rochester was an actual city city, like an actual urban city. Um, Because the way, you know, they don't really have us on the map. Like at during them times, it really wasn't like mentioned like that. So when I did like, when I did the first Put Your Headphones on, the soundtrack joint, I was sending that out to people and they was like, yo, where y'all from? I was like, Rochester, New York. A lot of the artists from Rochester, New York that's on this project. They said, oh, for real, never knew that there was artists in Rochester, New York rapping like that. Like, yeah, yeah, like definitely, because a lot of because you know, Buffalo's always mentioned 
But between uh, Rochester and Buffalo, man, there's nothing but incredible artists coming from up here right now. And I can't even, I can't forget Syracuse. Syracuse got some dope artists too. So that whole upstate region, this whole upstate region, like it's it's just so many dope artists. And then you continue, and you got more that's continue to come up too. Like I can name off, like you know, you got um, you got the flame, you got flame. Got Malik, he's an up and coming artist. I think, yeah, he just signed with Benny. Um, you got you got Bro God, you're Jordan. You got um, who else they got, man? You got Nuggets Rap. If I said his name right, um, Ishmael Raps. Bangs, you know, you got the cloth. There's so many, so many artists from up here. 38 special. Well, I mean, he now I gotta take he's been doing this thing. He's been doing this thing for years. Um, but yeah, it's just so many talented people from here, even producers too. Why do you think it's taken so long for like other like like hip hop in general to really recognize upstate New York and the incredible contributions. Cause I feel like it's one of those, like if you've, if you've always known and you've been plugged in, like this is no surprise, but to, to a lot of like fans, even just reading like comments on Twitter and, and places like that, you know, Instagram, it's like a lot of fans are like discovering that like upstate New York has hip hop, that it's not just New York city. If we're looking at the state of New York. I know what I, no, that's a question a lot of people always ask. But as of right now, a lot of people like you got a lot of people that don't that want a lot of people that won't that try to like you know separate it from the city and what's going on in the upstate region. But a lot of people won't admit like right now, this area right now has influenced the game so much from the, you know, West Side gunning them. Like, people got to give these dudes their props. Like, these dudes really influenced, like, everything. Like, from the, the from the artwork, from the, the, the sound of the music. They really brought back, the, they really brought back that grit, the grittiness of the game. Because even if you go back, before they even blew up, even if you go back and listen, like, you had a lot of, you had a lot of dudes that was doing the trap thing. Then you had a lot of dudes that was doing. Then you had dudes that it's just the upstate New York. It really, this, the western upstate New York region right now really brought the sound back. And now that's a good question. It's a crazy question. I, I don't know how to probably answer that one. <laughs> but no, no doubt, man. Well, they like, really almost oh. everybody everywhere. Like these dudes is from around the corner from here they got people in LA down south New York Canada even over overseas countries they sound influence all these people so yeah I don't know I really don't know and I mean I, I'm sure too that you see a huge wave of up and coming MCs you know like like you named a lot of you know, incredible artists coming from Rochester. I mean, do you feel like because of their success right now, you look at like the success of Edo, 38 Special, all these other artists, 
that it's inspiring like the next generation of artists from Rochester and more kids are even being inspired because of, of, of what they're seeing and hearing from, you know, Rochester, but also just upstate New York in general. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot, of, it's a lot of people, it's a lot of up and coming kids that's being, that's inspired by that, by that song and by all the stuff that these guys is doing. So it's like, it's like um, it's like the it's like they laid down a blueprint. Uh, West Side Gun and them really laid down a blueprint, and you got other guys now that's following that blueprint and adding their own little adding their own little seasoning to it, and then doing their thing. So yeah, it's it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot of talented people coming from this region. No, that's awesome, man. You know, and when when you look at what what you're doing too, I mean you're working with pretty bully, you know, as like, how do you approach an artist and like, how does that, how does the process change and, and how do you adapt based on how different artists work? Because I would assume that no matter who you're working with, there's a different process in, in some ways for each, each, you know, project you take on. Um, me and Azariah, like me, Azariah, we already got, we already got that personal uh, connection, so like we even like we chill and cool out even outside of music. And then pretty me and pretty bully like we got a crazy chemistry like we just like when me and her talk, we always throwing ideas back and forth to each other. So we already you know we got that chemistry, and then you know even like when I'm working with um Curtis Coke, or Curtis. Coke and my brother site working together like we all we, we all fam anyway. Um, we all got that chem, we all got the chemistry and the, and the connections. So that make everything a lot. That make the process of doing a lot of stuff a lot smoother. Even um you know I'm working with um up and coming artists from Detroit right now too who go by the name Twenty One Hundred Bags. Um, he's actually Bodie James' nephew. Like me and him got a um, chemistry and a connection too. And we when, we when we speak, we throw ideas back and forth. He's actually another artist to look out for too. Um, he well, you know, he's very talented. He go by the name Twenty One Hundred Bags. But um, yeah, nah, that's pretty much like that's it. That I mean that that's incredible, man. I know you're working on a new compilation as well, man. How how how's that coming at this point? That's already done. Pretty much all the songs that I got for that that's done. I just got to get some time now to sit back, rearrange, and actually paste everything together. So that's going to be coming soon. That's called Euphonious. So that album right there, that compilation right there is about to have features from um, Eddie Kane, um, Snotty from The Umbrella, um, got A-Sign Eastwood, I mean, not a, yeah, A-Sign Eastwood, uh, got Mad from The Cloth, Mooch from The Cloth, um, Coogee Rap, my man G Fisher is going to be on that one. Um, it's going to be a dope project. Pretty Bully, of course. My man Ken C. Ken C, too. He's another dope artist to check out, too. He's from um, he's from um, Minneapolis, Minnesota, St. Paul, around that area. But, um, yeah, that compilation is pretty much done. Um, I just got to sit down and just put it together. That's incredible, man. It sounds like some real bucket list, you know, collaborations on that too. Yeah, this one is definitely, this one is definitely about to be, 
this is definitely about to be a solid joint. And I still got songs. It's crazy too, because I did I did like 25 songs. So I still got a few songs that didn't make it on there that's already starting another compilation. That's amazing. So so are these all projects you hope to put out within the year, or do you see some of these like you know, kind of, you know, taking a little bit longer to really put together and looking like a year or two down the road. On uh, the compilation, I'm actually hoping to have the compilation out by like, um, by like the summertime or by the end of the summer. Nice. And then, uh, like I said, I'm pretty bullied then and now that project, we aim it at February, but possibly to like mid-March, early April. And um, for her project, and then like I said, I got the project with 2,100 bags. And then I also got another project with both him and Curtis Coke and a couple more joints. So it's, it's so much work coming. <laughs> and how do, you, how do you balance, you know, making beats for a project or for a compilation versus like, this is a beat I want to try to sell. Like, I want to get paid for this one. Like, how do you balance kind of what you keep for yourself and what you want to, you know, make money off of? So be honest now with that question right there, I kind of like the game right now. So it kind of got to the point now, like I don't really be trying to like, like I sell beats once in a while here and there, but as of lately, I think I would just rather prefer to just work with artists, put projects together and, you know, bell it and just let it, let it take run its course. And, you know, once it lead into, you know, once we all lead into something that's going to be bigger, you know, then, you know, I worry about the 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 production, the production, and all that. But I'm just focusing, just working right now. Mm. No, I, and I've heard too just how how congested right now the beat selling game is, and just how 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 much is out there versus like quantity, but not necessarily quality. Yeah, it's very. It's not like how it was back in the early, like how it was in '06 and all that, where. Uh, you could put a, a you could put your price down on a beat. You know that's what you about to pay. So now, it, it's kind of hard too to sell your beats at your value because now you got a bunch of you got a lot of desperate producers now that that mess the game up when it comes to selling beats and started doing twelve beats for fifty dollars and this that you know you could get this beat um selling beats for twenty five bucks. It just messed up. It just messed up a lot of stuff. Whereas at the point now, you got a lot of artists who don't believe in paying for beats. They'll just go straight to YouTube and rip some stuff or look for one of those producers that's on, on social media that's doing that, that low, the undercutting stuff. So I'd be like, ah, right, ain't no point in me trying to, you know, waste time trying to sell a beat to somebody that's going to try to talk down my value. So I'd rather yeah. just keep my brand and, you know, if you really want my brand, you're going to pay what the value is. It's like you can't go to the Foot Locker and be like, yo, I don't want to pay. I'm not about to pay. I don't want to pay 250 for no J's, but can we talk it down? I give you 25 bucks for a pair of Jordans. Like it ain't gonna happen. You gotta respect the brand. Exactly. And when you think about your brand, you also had to change your name. You know, um, some folks might know you who go back with you as J Quest, but you know, going from J Quest to Kid Call Quest, you know. Um, what was the story behind that and how hard was it kind of rebuilding as Kid Called Quest um, after you had put so much work in as J-Quest? So the story behind that was there was another dude named J-Quest that was taking credit for some of the stuff I was doing and was also at the same time 
doing a lot of knucklehead stuff. And, you know, he was reaching out to certain people. And, you know, when I met some of these people in person and I introduced myself, like someone looked at me like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. And then he had somebody be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're rude. And you sent rude emails and I'm looking at him like, no, that wasn't me. So, you know, the stuff he was doing was kind of affecting me because now people getting us mixed up thinking I'm him and, you know, because our names are spelled the same way. So, you know, after a while that I got tired of it. So I was like, you know, I'm about to change the name. I'm glad it happened when it did happen because, you know, I wasn't like things wasn't taking off like how they starting to take off now. Because now if it would have happened during a time when things was really taking, that would have been a real harder hit. But, you know, it was only going like three, three and a half years in. So I was able to switch the name up. That's why I was like, I'm about to go by K Call Quest. So, you know, I took, like I said, I took the beating for the, the name switch because, you know, a lot of people was like, oh, I sound too much like Tri-Call Quest. But once they start hearing the music, a lot more people started accepting the name and everything. But, um, yeah, that's that's how that name change came. No, that's awesome, man. And I love the fact, man, like no matter what I listen to that you do, and, and I've been listening to you for a long time at this point, too, is you've got that really fresh boom bap sound. Like how important is that to anything you do? That's very important. Like, um, I just recently, like, a, a lot of people will notice on some of these newer projects that I kind of develop. I'm starting to develop my own signature sound. But um, I always got to keep the boom bap incorporated because boom bap is the roots of every, it's the root of all the sounds, no matter what it is, whether it's trap or you're doing, you're doing the drill or whatever, boom bap is the descendant of all of that. So you definitely got to, you know, I definitely, I, I I mean, I experiment outside of it sometimes, but mainly it's mainly going to be the boom bap hit and the boom bap sound. And that's the universal sound right there. Everything you listen to consists of, is influenced by boom bap. No, I, you know, I, I love that about you, about, about your work, man, is, is that, 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 that element is there. You know, sometimes you hear producers and you're like, you know, it's, it's one style here you know, hip hop aesthetics change and now it's new styles. And it's like, I'm all about growth and, and development, but also um, not losing those elements of, of just the hard drums and the, and just like, you know, the way you flip samples. Like, I really appreciate that. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate you too. And, and when you, when you look at that, so we've got, we've got, you got, you know, an amazing compilation on the forefront. You've got, um, you know, the the pretty bully project, man. You know, what else are you hoping to accomplish in 2024? Um, you know, looking forward. Uh one of my main accomplishments I wanted, I want, I want to be able to be in a position where I could make beats 24-7 and create and don't gotta work a regular job, you know, to try to balance out the the music side and doing the job side stuff so like when an event come up somewhere I'm free to be like okay yeah I could definitely I'm definitely about to come down instead of trying you know what I'm saying trying to work corners and stuff and trying to figure out you know how can I get down there or trying to hope I'll be able to make it down there so that's that's my main goal be able to do music full time that's awesome, man. Yo, kid, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast, man, and just talk about your projects, your production techniques, and all the amazing stuff you've got coming up, man. So, you know, I, you know, I'll, I'll, obviously, I'll be checking for you, man, and really excited to hear 
what you do next, man, and hope we can do this again as you keep releasing these incredible projects. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Thanks. I appreciate you taking the time, too, man.